You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Our guest is Dr. Mark Geisberger, who has over 27 years of experience in dental education. He currently teaches at the University of the Pacific and has authored numerous articles in a variety of dental publications. He maintains a private practice in Greenbrae, California, in aesthetic and restorative dentistry. Dr. Geisberger, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Phil, it's great to be back with you talking about some fun stuff. Yeah, we've had some tremendous podcasts with you in the past, uh, very recently, actually, and I encourage all of our listeners to check them out. We covered one on remineralization, which was really fabulous. We've covered another on core buildups and the nuances involved. It's worth listening to these. You'll pick up clinical tips that you'll probably be happy that you heard and you can implement in your practice. And of course, he also covered on a separate podcast, Glass Onomers. And Dr. Geisberger has done some great webinars for Viva Learning. Please check them out as well. Today, we're going to be talking about bite registration. Bite registration is something we haven't really talked about too much on Viva Learning, so we're really happy to have Dr. Geisberger to cover this. And my first question is, what are the various uses of bite registration materials in clinical practice? Well, uh, Phil, that's a good question. You know, most people think, hey, bite registration, well, that's for registering a bite. And that's true. That's its primary use in clinical practice. Uh, but, you know, there are a couple other things we can do with bite registrations. And there are times when I take out bite registrations for um, for somewhat obscure things. But let's say you're doing a class two composite and you've got a sectional matrix band on and you've got the clamp in place and the clamp isn't quite stable. Well, I get out my bite registration material, squirt a little bit of the bite registration material around the clamp and engage the undercuts of the adjacent teeth. And I can really stabilize that clamp. I've also used it in the past for stabilizing a rubber dam clamp that is uh, less than stable. You can also use a bite registration material for um, for temporary restorations, uh, placing a bite registration material in a, in a triple tray and uh, using it to capture the detail of a tooth before you prep it is also another real good use of a, of a good bite registration material. So I think there's a number of things you can do with it in addition to just a simple bite registration. Right. So it sounds like it's one of those materials once you start seeing the benefits of it, it's kind of like you can't live without it with the various yeah. techniques that you use in your office. So what characteristics do you look for in, quote unquote, the ideal bite registration material? Yeah, so there's a couple of things that I think are really key in a good bite registration material. First and foremost, when you're taking a bite, generally speaking, um, most people will uh, squirt that bite registration over a prep or several preps. And if the bite registration material is not stackable or rigid and tends to slump, it can actually slump down and not capture the bite. So nothing's more frustrating than putting um, a bite registration material on top of the tooth and watching it drip down the side of the tooth. So the first thing you need is a bite registration that really has a lot of body and doesn't slump. It stays put so that when you instruct the patient to close, um, you'll capture the bite rather than the proximal surfaces of the tooth. So we want a nice rigid bite registration material. The best way to figure out if that's the bite registration that, uh, is to try it, right? I mean, I guess there's some samples you can try. Otherwise, yeah. you're just reading claims on, a, on an advertisement. Right. You just you order one pack um, and you literally what I would do is put it over a mandibular tooth um, and see if gravity takes that down around the surface. Because the last thing you want a bite registration material to do is go 
around the tooth. You really want it to sit on the occlusal. Mm -hmm. So a good bite registration will do that. A bad one won't. And there are some that will slump all over the place, uh, making it very difficult to articulate a set of casts. One other thing that you have to be careful with with bite registrations is uh, just how elastic they are. And what I mean by that is, um, is there a lot of elastic rebound? So when you put a bite restriction over a tooth, if you take it off and there's a lot of rebound where the, the, the actual material um, will contract just a bit, and then you go to carry that to uh, a set of casts, oftentimes if there's too much rebound, um, you'll have a difficult time actually getting the, class, uh, the cast to fully articulate. The problem with that is if you have a crown made and your bite registration held you open because of this phenomena, you're going to get, get a crown back that's high, and you've got to do a lot of occlusal adjustments. So you want a material that once it's expressed and set, there's none of this rebound effect from the material, and that's really critical in um, establishing a good mounting for clinical cases and ultimately limiting the amount of occlusal reduction you need to do on your uh, on your delivery appointments. Yeah, and tell us a little bit about setting time. Is there a benefit to have a material that sets quicker uh, regarding bite registration? Yes, my, my thought on bite registration is the faster the better. The problem is um, if you have a slow setting material uh, and you express that over the teeth, patients will start to move. Uh, they may open, they may even swallow, and that will move their jaw. But whatever that you want, you want to be in and out. So I look for materials with around a 30-second to 40-second, under a minute at least, um, bite so that we can put it in, ex uh, instruct the patient to close down, hold firmly in position, um, and then get it, uh, get it set quickly. Yeah, there was another material that you talked about in a previous podcast where you wanted a fast-setting material. What was that? Was that a glass onomer? I think it was, right? Yes, it was a glass onomer. And for the same reason, you know, um, we uh, in the oral cavity, we're oftentimes fighting um, with saliva, with moisture, with the patient's tongue, whatever. And when we put in a glass onomer, we want that to set quickly, too. Yeah, it's, it's, um, and we don't want to sit around watching uh, watching things uh, fall apart. So, yeah, you want a fast setting material. Yeah, GI, sounds, same with the bite reg. It sounds like your your staff, your assistants have to be on top of their game when they when they work with you, Dr. Cosper. <laughs> yeah, into, they do. You're into <laughs> fast setting materials. You want to get yeah. boom, boom, boom. Now, and, I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. And, you know, that is true. If you get a new assistant in and they're not used to a, a certain pace of play, um, it can be a little challenging at first. But they come around pretty quickly. Um, you know, with a problem with it, with the potential problem with a fast setting material that sets in 30 seconds is if if they're not on top of their game, it can start setting up prior to uh, the patient. Exactly. Down, but exactly. We haven't had that experience. Yeah, no, I, I get that. So just to wrap up this podcast, um, and as I said in an earlier podcast that we've worked together on, the audience enjoys hearing what the KOL likes uh, in particular uh, regarding a product. And um, so, and we know that Voco is the sponsor of this podcast. Is there any particular product that you like as far as a bite registration material? I like Voco's Registrato Extra bite registration material uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, three is it doesn't, uh, three reasons. Number one is it doesn't slump. And that's critical in a good bite registration. Number two, it doesn't have that elastic rebound that I talked about. And that will really help in mounting cases. And the third thing I look at in a bite registration that I didn't mention earlier is how well you can cut it um, and how easily you can cut it with a barred Parker knife. 
So one of the errors that doctors make when they're mounting a case with a bite registration material is rather than trimming it to a very thin um, amount, they'll leave too much material um, over each of the uh, cast, and that'll actually potentially open the case um, accidentally. So you want a material um, like Registrato Extra that, that trims very easily, and you can cut it precisely to, to get to a wafer-thin bite registration material that's just thick enough to hold the cast in place without um, prematurely opening those casts. So it's a really nice product from Voco, and I encourage doctors to, to get um, a cartridge and, and give it a try. Yeah, and you can get more information about Registrato Extra on the VOCO website. V-O-C-O is the name of the company, um, and they have uh, lots of information there. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Geisberger. We appreciate the insight on bite registration materials, and um, thanks for sharing uh, the information clinically and also what you use in your practice. And uh, as I said to our, as I mentioned to our listeners, uh, tune in for Dr. Geisberger's webinars. He, he does them fairly regularly on Viva Learning. He gets tremendous attendance and uh, very, very favorable feedback that we're getting. Thanks so much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me again. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Just so you know, you can access all of our episodes on Viva Learning's website at vivalearning.com or on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.